0: Welcome friends and foes. it's a football show. I'm John Dammit, joined as always by Michael Foos, Chris Cortez. How are you
1: guys doing today? I'm good. You know, I really enjoyed our anti-Philadelphia Eagles episode um, that Foos was not a part of. Um, we missed you. We did. It probably would have been more enjoyable if it could have been anti-Eagles with you present. But um, it was a good episode, I thought. Which we just talked off air. About
0: somebody didn't even listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, my Smalls. <laughs> I, I was I was sharing with I shared with the group last week how it makes sense that Philadelphia fans are so bothersome and grumpy. It's because you guys' roads are just so terribly paved. Like it, like finishes a single highway outside of your <laughs> stadium. I don't ever really need to feel the rumbles of my car's carriage as we're going through. <laughs>
2: just me yeah I guess that's why we're so grumpy all the time
0: <laughs> one of many reasons one of many I reasons I think it's the only one other than that we're all jolly and cheerful <laughs> it's it's all smiles <laughs> we pay all our players appropriately and we don't regret any contract we've ever signed never <clears throat> so Fus why don't you take us around I, I believe your uh, your Eagles made some recent transactions is that correct?
2: Yeah, well, in the last month or so, um, picked up a few guys. It was I mean, I wasn't expecting anything um, like a Ryan Kerrigan-type signing, but I love it because it just reminds me so much of Chris Long. Kerrigan's a guy who's been in the NFL a long time, just a solid um, locker room presence, on-the-field presence. I mean, he was an Eagles killer when we would play at Washington. Um, he's barely missed any time in his career. Um, now he's, he's definitely not like a prime Ryan Kerrigan or we know we're not getting that, but that's just solid rotation coming off the edge. Um, and it, 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 should do nothing but add, um, more experience and more depth to the position, which you can almost never have too many defensive ends. Um, we also got Kirion Johnson, which man, that's just such an odd signing. I was, um, I mean, there's that whole new regime in. Detroit, but it was still kind of odd for me to see a guy like him uh, on the waiver wire in the NFL um, just because he's had, besides injuries, he's had such a good impact there in Detroit. I mean, it was very limited touches um, without injuries, but they're obviously moving on. They have DeAndre Swift. Uh, they have Jamal Williams. Um, they have new coaches who have their new schemes. So uh, it's a crowded backfield in Philadelphia. There's Miles Sanders, hopefully this is his year that he steps up. Um, we'll see under Sirianni what he has in store. Then you have Boston Scott, Kirion Johnson, Jordan Howard. Um, should be interesting to see um, who's the two, three, and four backs um, that end up coming out of there and actually just even how they use them. Um, Kirion Johnson could be a very – oh, I almost forgot Kenneth Gainwell. We drafted him. Um, he's going to play like a Naheem Hines type role Hmm. um, in Sirianni's offense. So there's going to be an odd man out. It'll probably be Jordan Howard, which is just so weird to say with how Jordan Howard started off his career. It's not like he had major injuries, just kind of fell out of performance. Then we just traded uh, for Josiah Scott, defensive back um, from the Jaguars. He was a fourth-round pick a year ago, but got a new coaching staff, new regime in there at Jacksonville. Um, kind of weird to trade for a guy like him because he almost fits the profile of Vontae Maddox, who we already have. So it's like, okay, we're trading for another Maddox. Great. Um, but it's just more depth at a position that's desperately needed. Like, we did not fill the defensive back role well at all this offseason. And then just two offensive line guys. Um, LaRaven Clark, who's had a de- half-decent career um, with the Colts, who's just like a plug-and-play, depth kind of guy. Um, and with the Eagles' offensive line injuries, um, it's always good to have a guy like that. And then Casey Tucker, who's just been back. He's been often on the Eagles' practice squad, I think, and then was in Detroit and now he's back. So a few guys like that. Uh, but Kerrigan, I think, is going to the, have the biggest impact out of any of them. Um, should be interesting to see what they have in mind um, with our new defense uh, it might be – I'm hearing, I mean, I'm hearing it's a 4-3, but it could be a 3-4 kind of combo. Um, we might switch to that. I don't know. Um, a guy like Kerrigan, who kind of played both positions, like that edge linebacker and defensive end. Um, we may have a little bit of a, a tweener kind of thing as the season goes on and see if we switch over next season. I don't know.
0: I mean, Fouse, it does seem like it almost – Maybe it's because the Dallas bias and we've been through a lot of coordinators recently, but it definitely (laughs) seems like uh, defense has got to be multiple. So it really doesn't matter what your base is. You're going to play nickel most of the time and realistically you're gonna need all the defensive backs you need with the number two ranked receiving core in your division via the dallas cowboys (laughs) coming at you pulling up record numbers this season with a with a new freshly minted new ankle dak prescott looking amazing in the otas letting you know um kerrigan Uh, i mean uh, here's one thing i remember a while back lyle collins who hopefully will stay healthy again this year he talks yeah. about who is his least favorite person to play against. And Ryan Kerrigan was the number one he mentioned. Knowing mm-hmm. against other people who he's gone up against, you know, he's been having to prime um, Broncos defensive end. I can't think of his name. Von Miller. Uh, Miller. Like prom, prime Von Miller. Like he's gone yeah. up against like premier pass rushers. And he hated yeah. playing Kerrigan the most because he said he doesn't quit. Like he's there every play all day, full engine, like full motor. So you get somebody like that in your squad, especially for a team that's, you know, got some solid pieces, but probably trying to, to rebuild a little bit on that front end as well. Having somebody that can set the tone of a locker room. Anytime you have somebody like that, I think yeah. it's gonna help your defense overall.
2: Yeah, I'm still just confused why he would even sign with us. Um, I mean, I love Philly. Uh, it's a great team to to play for. You have fans that will, I mean, if you go out there and give your all, like you have fans that will back you and love you. Um, but Kerrigan's a guy who, man, just an elite talent at his position, playing on Washington for his whole career, never getting a shot really at a Super Bowl besides even the playoffs. Besides that one year with RG three, um, and then. Now it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the Eagles when it's like, this is a time when we're rebuilding. Um, I'm not going to say never for playoffs, but, um, you know, I I think there would be other teams out there that are playoff caliber that'd be looking for him. Um, So I just find it very interesting that he even signed with us. I love it. Um, And he obviously knows the division really well. Um, So that'll be be fun. Um, But... Yeah, I don't don't get it, but I
0: love it. Coaching staff connections, family connections in the area. What do you have? Family connections in the area, coaching connections with the team. Oh yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. that might be it. Or he could just maybe like, you know what? I'm go. I'm intentionally staying in the division. I mean, Dallas is not unaware of. Scoring some of their former players and them wanting to intentionally stay in the division to try to get some revenge. A la DeMarco Murray, a la Des Bryant's he 21st left. So maybe that's intentional.
2: I'm trying to think of Eagles, Dallas players that have T-O. swapped.
0: But T.O., it doesn't really count. Uh, other than, yeah. I, I was
2: saving T.O., but other than T.O., it's just like De, DeMarco, DeMarco Murray. Is, yeah, he's DeMarco the
1: only Murray. one I can think of.
2: Chip Kelly, man. Uh, he, um, Miles Austin, do you remember? Eagles had Miles Austin for like a week.
1: I forgot that.
0: I I forgot that happened too. Yeah. But I I, really, I remember how we pretty much used like did what we were doing to Ezekiel Elliott now, which is run Demarco Murray through the ground for four years, and then we we're like, <laughs> we'll Kelly. we'll pay you we'll pay you decently, and we were gonna give him like five six million a year, and like Chip Kelly was like, hold my beer. We're <laughs> how much? How much? We'll give you two thousand, like eight million a year. And um, hey, man, go get your money. Not mad at you. Go get your money. And then gone within the year. Demarco or...
2: Murray, Ryan Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, and that was either. that
0: was the off season hype. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about and this guy didn't go to Dallas, but Deshaun Jackson going from Philly to Washington, right? Um yeah. and then coming back to Philly, you know, years later and all that. But it's
2: and then his last touchdown it, in Philly. It's
1: crazy to think you know, the Dallas. Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, like that team, and yeah. Chip Kelly just said, oh, not anymore. <laughs> Don't want any of these guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now we got Kiko Alonso, we got nothing for Jackson.
0: Um, yeah <laughs> it was great i mean in hindsight now though looking back did anybody that he like go have pro Bell pro bowl years after he left
2: i mean LaShawn mccoy would have been amazing to have still on that team like imagine that super bowl team because that was still at the very you still had some of those players from the kelly era carry over into that super bowl team um and if you had, I think, like a LaShawn McCoy type back when Carson Wentz was in there as a rookie in his second year, uh, McCoy was an elite blocker uh, as a running back. Um, I think it would have been amazing to have him there because, uh, like, Garrett Blunt did a good job. Corey Clement filled in. Jay Ajayi did half decent that season. But yeah. um, I think McCoy, McCoy... had one last hurrah. But he's, he's won two Super Bowls, even though he hasn't played in the games. Yeah with his team I feel McCoy
1: bad, won a few uh, went to a few Pro yeah. Bowls in Buffalo um from what I'm Did looking he? at right here yeah he went to a couple <sighs> I think the yeah. I think at the beginning when he was there he was still he was still pretty productive um but I, I mean I think you're right John I think even in letting those guys go um they were probably at the end of their peak um uh, probably when you know when chip let them go <clears throat>
0: i just remember mccoy having a lot of tough sledding when he first started but i'm wondering for you Foose, do you feel like not only do you wish they would have been there for the super bowl run i mean those were names that were are synonymous with the eagles that so when you your team actually makes the super bowl wins there do you think there's a little bit of you that misses that like Man, if we would have had Deshaun or LaShawn Le, or McCoy on that team, it would have meant just a little bit more?
2: Maybe a bit more. Um, yeah, Deshaun and LaShawn. It would have been really nice for them to to both get a ring for what they did for Philadelphia. I mean, Deshaun's the top five Eagles receiver all-time. Um, LaShawn's top five Eagles running back all-time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it would have been great for those guys to get rings. Um, would have meant a little more, but, you know, it's, I think it really just shows, too, with, especially with the Eagles, but with the NFL, I mean, the, the top priority has to be offensive and defensive line to win championships. Um, like, you really need to invest in those positions. Uh, Chiefs are finding that out now, and um, they're paying for it this offseason. Um so that'll be fun to watch this year. But yeah, I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda with those guys. Um, but Chip Kelly, yeah, he, he brought in a few guys. Um, Lane Johnson, that was a great pick. Um, I can't remember anyone else, but Lane I mean, you, was just a great pick. You either so build through the trenches or
0: you do that, and then you sign a quarterback who's pissed off at their old team that's just so good enough that they get the LeBron James effect and then just bring in talent just because people want to take less money to go play in Tampa Bay. I, mm. Otherwise, no nobody's choosing to go yeah, why to doesn't Tampa Bay. Do that? Like nobody outside of wanting to play with Tom Brady is choosing Tampa Bay. I feel like if you want to live in my in Florida, just go to Miami. <laughs> just 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 go there. Oh man. So Speaking of, of building teams the right way, who is going to overpay for Julio Jones? Who do we think is going to pull the trigger on that?
1: See, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I know Seattle was the big rumor this week. I just think after the, the Jamal Adams trade, I don't know that they have the draft capital really to... I mean, they can pull a Rams and just say, okay, for the next five years, no first-round picks, right? Like, whatever the cost is... You know, I just wonder with wanting to keep Russell Wilson happy, um, since he's been a little unhappy, um, do they say, man, we could have him and DK Metcalf, and, you know, maybe we just let Russell air out all year and we'll be in good shape? Um, Man, I I don't know. I I could see Seattle just going for it. Um, Russell's 32, I think. Um, Pete Carroll's getting old. And so maybe they say... Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we have one more run. We have a small window. We're gonna go for it right now. Uh, I I just don't see how they pull it off with the draft capital unless they they do what the Rams did and just said okay, we're we're just not gonna have first round picks for the next couple of years and we'll go from there.
0: The the word I'm hearing is they they've gotten one offer from a first round pick, which I don't believe them because if they think yeah. they did, they, he would already be gone. Um, yeah, so. That sounds like a team trying to drum up some business. So now it's past June 1st to maybe a second round or a third round pick, get it. And then, and then, like you said, I think you, you see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. You see the ages matchup. I think Julio is 32 or 33. Paired together, maybe you get to ch- have a chance to have a, a Randy Moss part two of his career type of run with a different yeah. team. And then just say, hey, we're going to roll together. I know Wilson's going to give me a chance to get the ball. Uh, I know I'm going to be get the touches. I know I'm at least going to be competitive each year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting either way. But like you said, not just the draft capital, the salary cap capital. Like, yeah. How, how do you, maybe that post-June 1st, somebody who's a little bit smarter with the cap can probably figure that out.
2: Yeah, I, that's the thing with the NFL nowadays with the cap. I feel like if there's a will, there's a way. Um, you'll make it happen one way or another. Um, you know, your question is who's going to overpay for Julio? I think it all depends on what team gets him. So, like, even a first-round pick for Julio, if it's the right team, that's like an end of 1st round pick, like if they trade their first-round pick. Mm. Um, and that's almost has the same worth as, like, an early second. Um Which depends on the draft. If it's a a draft this year, like the 2022 draft, um, that's coming up. You know, it could be that late first could be worth a little more because it sounds like this is going to be a pretty deep draft class. Um, But I think I said it months ago, like, if the Packers want to get Aaron Rodgers back, if they want him to be happy, just get Julio Jones. Like, it just makes too much sense to me. Like, why didn't they even just trade their first round pick this year for Julio Jones? Like, you give Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones. He has Aaron Jones as well. He has that offensive line. Like, you don't even need a defense. Who's stopping that? Um, I, To me, that just makes too much sense. Um, but, you know, I if the Broncos really want Rodgers, um, I could also see them going out and getting Jones as well. Because... Um, I mean, if you're getting Rodgers, you might as well bring Jones in some way, shape, or form. Um, And just have a fun, like, Miami Heat-type ride where you're just bringing in all this talent. yeah. And then you know it's going to bust at the end. Um, But just enjoy the ride while you have it.
1: I, I kind of feel like there's a small window of teams that might be able to say, Because in the NFL, it's not like the NBA, right? Like the NFL, I think very few teams are just one player away. Um, But I I do think there's maybe a few teams, so maybe like a Green Bay that is like, okay, we went to the NFC Championship game two years in a row. Maybe we add one guy and that kind of changes things, gets us over the hump. Um, I, I think there are a few teams out there like that. I think my thing with Denver would be Okay, how much are you giving up to get Rodgers? And then how much do you have left really to get Jones at that point? Um, It would be fun to watch them try. Um, It it really would. Uh, I'm just, I'm interested to see, um, I guess to John's point, can a team get him without giving up a first round pick? Um, And then which team, is it, is it, you know, because his comment, I guess, on Skip Bayless's show, um, to Shannon Sharp, oh, I don't want to go to Dallas. I want to win. You know, so is he serious about like he wants to go to a team that's going to make a deep that he knows is going to make a deep playoff run? Um, yeah. So that would limit obviously which teams he would want to go to.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I was Jones, and even just looking at him on the outside, it seems like man, he was so close to winning the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Um, And he knows he's not going to win one now with them. Like, they're in the midst of a rebuild. Um, So I'd have to think, like, he... I'm assuming he has a list. Um, Can't go to Tampa. Man, that would be so much fun to watch him in Kansas City. Um, But I don't think they have the ability to get him between uh, salary cap and... Draft capital, but um, what about him in L.A.? Oh, I I was pushing for that or just hoping for that because I have uh, Stafford in my uh, dynasty keeper league. What what
0: if I what if I told you that wasn't the L.A. team I was talking about?
1: The Chargers. Yeah. I don't
0: I don't see L.A. as you got a you got, a, you got a young team with heavy on defense. You got Derwin James coming back. You've got a you know a, a healthy. You've got some young wide receivers you might be able to flip out there to trade out and uh and pair over there. Um I'm just saying you, yeah. you see a lot of these players at the towards the latter half. Yeah, they want to go in, but I think they also want to be comfortable. So if you can get in, in some warm weather cities, he's been playing in a dome for his entire career for the most part. Like I don't see him going Buffalo north. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And that'd be fun. I, though. I just think, you know, the Chargers. I feel like are a fringe playoff team. Like they might make it. They they might not. Right. I, I think they they could be in the mix. Um. And I think that's kind of where Atlanta is this year. Like, okay, maybe Matt Ryan gets hot with all of these people to throw to, and maybe they sneak their way into the playoffs. Right. Um. It really depends how serious he is. And it's funny, like. Um, foos. I also thought John was talking about the Rams. Um, and man, you talk about a team with like literally no draft capital, right? Like there there's no yeah. picks they would have for to trade several like years Robert that, you Woods could, Woods that you could offer in a trade
2: and some other picks. yeah <laughs> So we
0: talked about Denver doing a double down. Do we see? The man, the myth, the legend, John Gruden, over in Las Vegas, just say, you know what? We're bringing in Aaron Rodgers. We're bringing in Julio Jones. We're gonna, we're gonna make <laughs> some football plays. I hate David Carr, Derek Carr. I hate all the cars. My
1: name. <laughs> man, be fun. I, that that I'm, does I'm, feel like a Gruden move.
0: Like well, I'm just trying to think about who has the security to leverage their job. Like he signed a ten year contract. And he pretty yeah. much could do what he wants. So so I'm not just looking for who do I think would I like to see. Like, who do I think can actually make it happen or would have the audacity to make it happen? I think if... And-
2: well, here's one thing I want to throw into the mix with, like, like the Rodgers and the Julio stuff coming up. We just came out of this year of COVID where players... Well, not players. Fans weren't in the stadiums that much. Yep. Um, and teams were hurting with income from that and owners. Um And teams are wanting to pack their stadiums again. They're wanting their fan bases to get excited about their teams. I mean, exhibit A for this is what the Jaguars just did with Tim Tebow. Like, he's probably not going to make a difference on the field, but he's going to make a difference when it comes to money for that team. Um, And this this is a sport that is, I mean, you want the top players, you want to win, but you also want to make money. Um, And so with a team like the the Raiders bringing in Julio Jones, I mean, that would just be perfect for them. With Las Vegas, just everything they're trying to do as a team. Um, And yeah, Rodgers and Jones in Vegas would be be a lot of fun
1: too. I I think the Raiders have proved, um, especially this year's draft, they don't really care what anybody thinks or what's expected of them I mean, John said, okay, Gruden has the security, right? And in his first year, he said, okay, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, you guys are gone, right? Um, he just trades them, um, you know, for more draft capital and all of that. And so I could just see him saying, okay, like Derek Carr and a bunch of first-round picks or a bunch of picks in general. Because um, what was it? I think it was two first that the Rams got Stafford for, um, and they flipped Goff for Stafford. Yeah, Something the, like that. Um, um, yeah,
2: Car's better truck. than what Golf was. And yeah. Car doesn't have the atrocious um, contract that Golf has that the Rams are taking on.
1: I feel like you can get out of Car's contract in the next year or two. Um, so you're not lock, locked in super long term to him either. Yeah, yeah. And he's One a capable
2: was, starting quarterback.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
2: One thing with playing in Las Vegas, you don't have income tax. So some players really like that. And But I,
1: I wonder if Rodgers, like Jones, has a short list of teams that he's willing to go to, you know? I'm sure. The
0: question is, how much are those leadership? I think Atlanta is more willing to work with Julio, because it just sounds like their relationship's a lot better than, yeah. than Green Bay and Rodgers. So... These front offices have no. Um, oh wow! No, no responsibility to give them their first choice. Like realistically, if they're trying to make their team yeah. better, who's going to give us the best offer? Sorry, we tried, but best of luck. They're overpaid for you. So, guess what? You're going to Chicago. You're going to wherever it might be.
1: And Rodgers is one of those guys. I mean, he's made it known. He'll just go host Jeopardy. You know, like he'll just go host <laughs> Jeopardy if he doesn't go to the team that he wants to go to. Um, and so I think like he has, you know, he can kind of pick and choose where he wants to go at this point.
2: Yeah. There's not many players in the NFL that have that power to do so, um, Yeah. but it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. Um, it's just a mess. I
0: don't know. You, I think you have situation. some players who, who think they have a little bit more clout. With their organization, than they do like they uh, they pay six figures to switch a jersey number when well, they may not even be on the team the next year. <laughs> Let's talk about, about the linebacker situation in Dallas. Look, look at that switch. Look at that oh,
1: fantastic. <laughs> uh,
0: Gliding, easing in and out of gears pretty pretty recently. So the the rumor mill in Dallas is always on full effect. By the way. Foose, do you feel that the general perception of Dallas fans around the world, around the nation, is Skip Bayless? Do you think people associate Dallas fans with the show that is Skip Bayless?
2: I try not to. (laughs)
0: Now you interact, you actually interact with Dallas Cowboys fans and they're they're friends of yours. So you have a different perspective, but do you think that people who don't interact or don't meet Cowboys fans or maybe they meet some of them
2: and they just think, (sighs) I mean, there's definitely that kind of sense. You always have the Cowboys fans. It's like, oh, this is our year. You know, we have X, Y, and Z healthy. We just brought in this person. We have so much talent, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I mean, it's just, it's just the Cowboys. Like you get those fans that are not even associated with Dallas in any way, shape or form, but they just know the brand or they like the star or the colors. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they. I mean, Dallas fans come off as more obnoxious, but Skip Bayless is just on another level. I mean, and he does that for his show. Yeah, he's so. playing the character yeah. for sure.
0: So the big thing that came out this past week has been the rumors with the linebackers Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Will they, won't they, be traded? So from here is what I've heard from beat writers and sources that are inside the building that they have plans to extend LVE. Like they they want to keep him yeah. the around. They <clears throat> they love him. They drafted him. If if he were healthy, wouldn't even be a question. So they Balance didn't pick up just his,
2: falls in love with injury front linebackers.
0: Yeah. If it wasn't they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but they're the story is still, hey, we we want to keep him around, which is basically let's see if he stays healthy and then we'll we'll pay him. Um whereas Jalen, who has already reported that they try to trade him during the draft. Now, reports are still reports, so that all this can be coming from anywhere from agents, from the team trying to get ahead of uh, information before they start making a cut. But currently, Chris, let's do a rundown just b- before the draft. We got Leighton Van Der Esch, We got Jalen Smith. They before the draft,
2: you had Sean Lee.
0: True, but nobody He's was in. counting on Sean Lee. Nobody <laughs> yeah. was counting on him to be here. The, the question was, is he going to be there with the team as a coach? Or is he going to retire? That was pretty much the yeah. conversation going in outside of of that locker room. Then Dan Quint comes in, signs Keanu Neal to bring him over from Atlanta, who originally was a safety, a thumper. l what's been helpful for me to get excited is seeing old college highlights of him laying Derrick Henry out. I'm like, yes, yep. let's go. <laughs> um, but supposedly he's gonna be weak side linebacker. He's gonna and they, they didn't pay him a small amount of money. He's paid to be here. And then you go and draft Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. So it's it's a crowded room for sure. Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly you're not gonna start five linebackers. Um, that would be interesting to watch at best, but clearly you're not gonna start five. Um, and, and so it, it's interesting. I do think they have big plans for Keanu Neal, um, like you said, John. Um, You know, being reunited with a former coach, kind of fitting in that system and all of that. Um, You know, I I do wonder what Jalen Smith's long-term future is. um, Because, John, like you, I I did some reading, and um, they definitely have plans for LVE. Uh, I I think they would trade Smith if um, the contract wasn't so big. Uh, And and so I could see him potentially – maybe coming off the bench, um, being, you know, rotated in and out. Uh, We'll see. I I just think I I don't know. It's a massive Um,
2: contract for like that. Because
1: they can get out of it after the season, right? They can get out of it after the season. Not fully. So so I know if they
0: cut him now post June one, it has zero impact on salary cap for this year. he He gets the same amount of money, whether he plays for Dallas or not. Yeah. However, you take the hit this year, and then it's it's significantly less for the year after that. However, yeah. you get somebody to trade. You probably still don't get salary cap relief, but I think you get more relief from the next year. Yeah. Again, I think right now the plan is for Keanu Neal to be here and to be the guy yeah. who's going to help install. Uh, and then hopefully LVE has a healthy season. But by next year, we talked about it post-draft for Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, to be those two guys. Maybe Keanu Neal's still there. Uh, Maybe LB is still there. And you you bring Jabril... I mean, as much as we're high on Jabril Cox, he still was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. So the just reality is that doesn't necessarily guarantee you playing time. So I think a few years back, Anthony Hitchens was a third-round pick.
1: And I think you know health is going to be the big thing. You know, um, Dallas may have plans for LVE, but if he gets hurt week two, those plans may change. You know, um, you know, I, I I think there's still part of me that wants to hope that man Jalen Smith is going to bounce back. So I think, um, I guess Foose's earlier point, like, like maybe the unhealthy optimism of like okay. This is going to be his year. He's finally going to be what we thought he might be. Um, John is shaking his head right now, and he's right to do no, that. No, um, no, he's, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, um, yeah.
0: I I have more, f- although I have more faith and hope for LVE than I do for for Jalen. Because yeah, I agree. I believe Jalen's as healthy as he's going to get. Yeah, which means he's still having drop foot issues. He still can't change directions. He still you can just see what he's playing. Like he looks like the top half of him looks like he is working so hard. Yeah. But his, his body's just not keeping up with it. So I feel for him. I appreciate the effort, but I think he's just at a spot where his body just can't do what it needs to do to play pro bowl level football. Now we talked about it before even the show that, Hey, if he's your third, fourth linebacker, and somebody gets injured and you'd rather have Jalen come in, uh, at least as a base level. Yeah. But for what he's getting paid, everybody knows he's overpaid. And yeah. I don't think there's a, the minute I don't, he's a, I don't think that there's any thing, anything that he does better than anybody else on the team. So he's not the best at playing downhill. He's not the best. Blitzing the linebacker. I don't think he's the best pass rushing or pass coverage. I think every one of those other players does everything better, but he's probably at least the second best downhill player, potentially. Definitely it's, not turning around and running backwards whatsoever.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to me just how quickly things change in the NFL because if you think about it, Jalen Smith, I want to say, was the 2016 draft. So that was five years ago. Um, Since then, I think that's right. Um, Since then, the Cowboys have drafted two linebackers in the first round, Um, you know, since they drafted him in the second, you know. And so, like, you know, I think they are they obviously had visions of Smith and Vander Esch playing together and all that. But I mean, the moment Parsons got drafted, I think we all kind of thought, okay, they're moving on from somebody. You know, they're they're moving on from somebody if they've just signed Keanu Neal and now they've drafted Parsons in the first round.
0: I think that was a plan regardless, like regardless if they got Parsons in the first round. I think if Denver and Carolina don't make those picks that we have a defensive back or quarterback from the first round and they still picking linebackers later on um, to replace for down the road. So it just so happened that they got pressed in their first round and Parsons was the best talent they had on the board. Okay, we're even better. So Hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be strange that we might see number eleven and number nine uh, as the linebackers on the field at the same time. So
2: yeah, Yeah, it seems like you guys just have. I mean, Micah Parsons called it linebacker. You, Dallas. Well, one um, thing always
0: happens through OTAs through through training camp. The there's always this question with every team: we have too much depth at this position. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Let's get get through the off season. Let's see if you actually had
2: depth at that position. So, well, the question I think with Dallas is: are you have too much money invested in that position? Yeah. Um, where it's you have, there's going to be one odd man out um there though it it may not happen because it may just be okay which guy's gonna not get injured um or which guy's gonna get injured and which which position we have to plug and play because i mean you have keanu neal amazing talent if he's on if he's healthy on the field uh jalen smith man i'm i'm a notre dame fan and that guy was insane and then just a weird after the whistle um step against Ohio state and his knee was just hasn't been the same. Um, I mean, even when Dallas drafted him, it's just like, is, who are you getting? Um, cause I'm going to throw a name out there. Was it, Oh, was it? No, it's not Marcus Lattimore. He's an actual defensive back. Remember the guy from South Carolina, the running back. Yeah. I who remember was insanely him. good and just destroyed his ACL twice. Um, and the 49ers drafted him and we're hoping that this guy, to um, come back, and he never did. Never played it down in the NFL. Um, I thought Smith was going down that same road, and thankfully he didn't. Um, but he had an amazing—was it one or two seasons—and then Dallas overpaid him. Yeah. Um, Van der Esch, amazing rookie season, got injured. So it's just, you know, which guys, which guy's going to last uh, um, and longevity, and so you're just figuring that out this year. I remember, I remember that draft
0: it. because. Yeah, That was the Zeke draft. That was the Dak Prescott draft. And I remember at the end, there was even a conversation toward the beginning of the draft of, do we take Ramsey? Do we take uh, Zeke? And then do we trade back a couple of spots? And then Miles Jack was a a player. And then we get to the second round. Miles Jack is there. Also an injury not nearly as bad as um, Jalen's, but we go with Jalen Smith. And Miles Jack gets picked. Now he started to play well and yeah, you, you never know how any of these injuries are going to play out now. The, I I think
2: this is where the name was Marcus Lattimore.
0: I was, this is where Dallas, (laughs) we talked about front offices that are too comfortable that their jobs are on the line and Dallas's general manager. is not on the line. So yeah, he can say, yeah,
2: he spends his drafts on yachts.
0: I mean, it was one time and I mean, if you had it, you'd flex it too. So yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I, I remember yeah, a flex game it and put rocket mortgage all over yeah. it.
1: I remember a game a few years ago, it was a Sunday night game. Dallas was playing Houston and Jalen Smith was chasing Deshaun Watson literally all over the field. Um, And I just remember thinking like, okay, you know, he's recovered. We're going to be great. They paid him. I'm like, all right, it's going to be fine. Um, And then again, Foose, like the unhealthy optimism kind of kicked in, I think, at that point. Um, So, I mean, it's impressive that he's had an NFL career period after the injury that he's had. You know, I think that is impressive enough. But he's, he's probably the odd man out at this point
2: especially at linebacker in the NFL right now, where it's like you're chasing guys like Deshaun Watson. You're having to play coverage against guys in the slot, like, like a Zach Ertz and his prime type people. You're having to fill the box um, against great running backs. Like, uh, I mean, in practice, like Zeke or Derrick Henry or whatever. And so it's, you have to be so versatile. Um, And it's just going to wear on you no matter if you're if you've had terrible injuries or not.
0: And here's the thing, you
2: you want to root for him.
0: You're, yeah. you're, even if you're not a fan of the Cowboys, you can't not be a fan of that story. But I, I also equivalent this to, my mind's also on basketball, because Dallas, the Mavs are in the playoffs, they have a game later on tonight. So yeah. by the time people listen to this, me in future will either be really happy or really upset. But Christophe is a guy we made a trade for, injury prone. And it's always like, hey, if he's ever healthy, never can put it all together, then, wow, we got a steal. I think Dallas has that same aspect with, uh, that was the hope with Jalen Smith. Oh, we got to steal. He should have been a top 10 pick. We got him in the second round. We got to steal. And we got the future of the position. The
2: Eagles, Sidney Jones, man. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, but that's what the offseason's about. The offseason's about selling hope. Um, yeah. I mean, I, speaking of front office frustrations, the amount of times last year, the media was like, Hey, the team's not doing so great. And then Jerry Jones and crew were like, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're selling the most tickets out of any team in the NFL this season. <laughs> what <laughs> in Texas during the pandemic, you guys are selling the most tickets. Wow. That's that's crazy. How about that team yeah. and how, how successful you guys are doing? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Number one in the league in sales for tickets. Come on, just (laughs) that's, that's my fear as a Cowboys fan that Dallas is a big enough product that it doesn't matter if they're successful or not, they're still going to make money. So how much Mm -hmm. pressure is there for the front office to push a team to do better, to make those like risky plays, which.
2: I mean, you drafted CeeDee lamb last year, like you have talent you just oh no for sure and I,
0: I think if we're you i think any team you lose to your first two starting tackles and your quarterback you're gonna have a down year i mean yeah. that's just that's just the reality Maybe. so that's why you know run away like overall by the way we didn't talk about this last time but we talked about hey who's gonna be the comeback player of the year it's gonna be dak prescott if he's healthy like who else has had a you know, awful injury that's coming back. And then I just thought about the kid from LSU, the, you know, first overall draft pick from Cincinnati who, who is out. We yeah. didn't even mention yeah. him.
2: Joe Burrow. So I think Carson Saquon Wentz, Barkley, not an injury, but yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's another quarterback. I was thinking of that could be up for it, but yeah, there's a, there's a decent list for a comeback player of the year.
0: And there's always a bias towards Dallas players, just because you got the star on the helmet, or you can get talked about more. But I also, don't think that carries as much weight as maybe it did 15, 20 years ago. The amount of uh, the amount of that fantasy football has taken off over the past two decades. That the average yeah. NFL fan is so much oh, yeah. more aware of other players. So when Philly takes the I don't, I think if I had not played fantasy football, I would not have known who On Johnson is and would not have shown up like, okay, they signed some dude from Detroit. No, this guy was the sleeper pick for years out of Detroit. I mean, he's going to be the flex play PPR leagues. You got to have him. So
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think with that award to the optics are important. And Watching that injury live to Dak, I think for most people, it looked so horrific um, that you're just kind of, I think in some ways you're like, oh man, I have to see that guy come back, right? Like, um, And his injury, I think from a medical standpoint, may not have been any worse than Joe Burrow tearing his ACL or Saquon tearing his ACL, but it's like, we saw that dude's leg like bend a way it was not supposed to bend, right? Um, it so I'm thinking, Foose. You might remember um, this was years ago in the NCAA tournament. There was the guy from I knew Louisville, going Louisville, oh. um, and I remember thinking like, man, I-, I need to see that guy play basketball again, right? Like, because the injury was just so bad. Um, yeah. And so I do think like you have a team like the Cowboys that are on national television a lot, and then because the injury just looked so horrific. Like instantly, you're kind of like, man. I hope that guy, you know, makes it back and you know is what he what he was. Um, And so I think that for that award, I think that definitely goes in Dak's favor a little bit.
2: And Dak also had uh, a rough off season. Yeah, he did personal Um, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you have that side of it. You have Wentz in Indy with um, everything that's happened with Wentz with injuries. Not this past year, but then. The year that he had, um, everything that happened. Now he has this possible redemption opportunity out in Indianapolis. And I mean, if Wentz pans out, the Colts are like one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting to add as well. And uh, yeah, Saquon. I mean, one of the best talents in the NFL if yeah. healthy.
0: Um, I mean, that's a way you could ru- literally run away with the award. You come back and get a rushing title. You have yeah. that Adrian Peterson type of bounce back season. See
1: that that's an interesting team to me. You know, kind of in our division is the Giants who spent a bunch of money this off season. Um, some decisions were probably better than others, and all of that. But you have to imagine that you know if you're a defense preparing for the Giants. You're probably game planning around Saquon and just saying, "Okay, we'll see if Daniel Jones can beat us." You know, um, and I know they got Kenny Galladay this off season and all that, but
2: Kadarius Tony, yeah,
1: Kadarius Tony. Um, signed. A, they signed um, Adoree Jackson for a lot of money, which I thought was interesting <laughs> for a lot of money. Um,
2: but I, defensive backs are commodity now
1: but I, I just gotta imagine if you're looking at that team you're like okay we're gonna stack the box and just see if daniel jones can beat us right and if he till he proves he can we're you know we're gonna prepare for saquon
2: yeah i think it was john that you were talking about how um earlier where you know philly's gonna struggle to match up against dallas's receivers uh, the rest of the division i mean even the eagles but uh, Washington, um, they added more receiving talent. Um, they got what was it? Curtis Samuel. They drafted Diami Brown. Um, Recite Cam Sims. They have Logan Thomas. Of course, they have McLaurin. um, Giants. I mean, Kenny Galladay is one of the biggest free agent signings this past year. Um, I mean, talking about if a guy's healthy or not. If he's healthy, he's a top ten yeah. receiver. Um, and then you also have Evan Ingram. You have Kadarius Tony. You have
1: um, they signed Kyle Rudolph too, right?
2: Anymore. They they signed Kyle yeah. Rudolph. Um a healthy Saquon like this the NFC East, I mean if Daniel Jones shows up and plays like the first round pick that he he was. Um they could be a yeah. really good team. Um, and you also have in with Washington, you know, with Fitzpatrick like If he still has a little bit of that Fitz magic left, you know they're going to make a decent run because I mean they have that amazing defense and they almost—I'm trying to think—the scores in the playoffs. But I think they were one of the closer teams against the Buccaneers last year, and that was with uh, that
1: game was close. Like into the fourth quarter, that game was close. I just think Washington to me is one of those teams that might regret not drafting up or not moving up in the draft um, to get one of those guys. Um, to put behind Fitzpatrick. So if he struggles, maybe you say, Okay, Justin Fields, it's time, right? Um because to me, they have a lot of talent, and you just name the receiving corps. Um, they have Antonio Gibson. It's so, a like I look at that Arnie offense Gibson. and I'm like, yep. Man, you're you're quarterback away um from like maybe kind of emerging out of that division, right? And so I just kind of felt like they were one of those teams I was surprised to not see them take a quarterback. Not even not even those first five guys, but they didn't really get one in on day two either. And they haven't put back to back seasons in a while.
0: In fact, I mean NFC East is notorious for not having repeat. Uh, division champions and so I just wonder uh, if like to your same point you have these windows when you're loaded on talent and they're on rookie contracts like that defense is for the most part and yeah. then you come and you spend in this is the season so this was their their time to push and they're pushing with Ryan Fitzpatrick who they're going to be at least a 500 team I, yeah. I full full confidence in that there should be at least a 500 team so do you get hot enough to get a couple more of those wins and be in the running for it?
1: Yeah. So. So John, one one quick correction one. though: in a seventeen-game season, there are no five-hundred teams anymore.
0: Right, but I'm just saying as they're going going <laughs> through the season, they're going to yeah. be at least at least five hundred. Uh, but your yeah. points well taken. So I don't anticipate yeah, being. No, yeah. No. team
1: but, will be five hundred this year.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So I could easily see them being like a, a, a ten and seventeen.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll throw this out there, but we're, we're post June 1st now. So some of these trades that could happen, um, well, we can talk about Earths, but what I'm just thinking of with Washington, that would really shake things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't been hearing much of what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Uh, seems like they're going to work like the legal side of stuff out more. Um, and who knows? Um if what kind of NFL suspension or whatever. The is reports
0: coming down, are that but if any suspension does come down, his legal process is going to go through this season. So you would have him for this season, but his suspension would probably come in the two thousand twenty two season. See that's interesting. Imagine yeah. Imagine Washington if they got I don't to wanna, because we talked all off about Aaron Rodgers, please don't go to Washington. Aaron Rodgers, please don't go to Washington. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because that's that's a team that, that if I were Washington, again, do what the Rams did. Just said, you can have all of our picks. <laughs> we don't care. Our window is now. You can have all of our picks, whatever else we need to make it happen.
2: Um, and if that's true, John. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, anyone. John, if that's
1: true that? that his suspension wouldn't start till 2022, then I think there's going to be a few teams that might make a run. Especially those teams that are saying, like Washington, hey, we might be like an elite quarterback away from really making a deep playoff run and possibly a Super Bowl run.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just on PFF and they had their, I just clicked on their quarterback rankings and I only saw the top three because I'm not subscribed. But it was, I believe it was Rodgers, Brady, Watson. It's like one, two, three. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's a talent there, where everything out, off the field aside. I mean, that guy can almost win you a Super Bowl by himself. Yeah. Obviously, not with the Texans last year because uh, the worst run <laughs> franchise in the in Texans Indiana's are the Texans.
0: <laughs> and 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 listen, not for not trying, they they want to make sure and hold that that spot. So they did everything they could to put as much distance between them and the next worst team this past off season. And they don't have any plans to be successful within the
2: next decade, and that's fine. Hmm. yeah i mean uh it's just fun to look at their running back depth they traded for
0: like, a quarterback like... a backup quarterback and then cut him <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man it's fun it's fun to see from afar um sorry to any oh, Texans fans out the, there. the
0: amount of but... like relatives i have being from texas that are just like for no reason like they very much are the little brother to where they're like oh we hate the cowboys and we're like what 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 are you what are you doing why are you so upset like the texans think that the dallas and houston rivalry is a thing and cowboys fans are just like and you're, you're not even in our conference what are you <laughs> chill out although i would love to see cross-conference rival games added into the schedule like every year
1: hmm.
0: uh, eagle, eagle Steelers, Steelers dallas hey, houston yeah. miami jacksonville like the two LA teams like have that happen, so you have that. I think that's yeah. another like fun game to build in that rivalry. Yeah.
2: Giants Jets. That's,
1: that's something I actually feel like Major League Baseball does well because um, they rotate their interleague schedule, but they make sure that the Mets and the Yankees play, or that the two LA teams play, or you know. Um, I I think that would be a lot of fun um, to keep those interstate rivalries alive. I mean, I think even in college sports now.
0: Bias from texas but we it used to be a staple on thanksgiving the cowboys were to play i think the Lions were probably going to be on as well um but then a and m and ut university yeah. texas were going to have yeah. a game every time when they're in the same conference switch conferences i mean not even a rivalry anymore which is really a shame for texas a and m fans because that yeah. stopped right before they got good so
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, i'll pretend like i know for
0: this. So, I don't, I don't know, know. know. Maybe don't that's know. like, yeah. I don't know if Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, and insert state college rival. If they had
2: a yearly game, yeah. Pitt. Yep. They they normally play. Um, I'm trying to think. Notre Dame. I think it's like Purdue. Um, even though. I, I don't know why they stopped playing Michigan. Like, Notre Dame not playing Michigan every yeah. single year. So it's like one of the
1: I mean, things. college basketball had that, uh, where Syracuse and Georgetown were, for years, Big East, constant rivals. And then when Syracuse <laughs> went to the ACC, um, I think there was one year that they didn't play, and then immediately they signed a contract to play every year to try and keep the rivalry alive. Um, and so I, I, I think... I think games like that, especially now that we have a you know we have a seventeenth game, I feel like that's even more possible.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I want to bring it back though to the Ertz.
0: Do it, do it. Sorry, thing. I hijacked your whole segment. It's... Go for it.
2: <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, I'm just thinking, like, I mean, he's either going to be traded or cut. I can't see an Eagles. I can't see Ertz playing another game for the Eagles. I mean, the guy's amazing, best tight end, Eagles have had. Um, won us a Super Bowl, game-winning touchdown. Um, but we, you know, it's it's a business, mm-hmm. and um, I don't quite like how it went down. But unfortunately, this is where it's at. There's been. Bad contract talks with between him and the Eagles for a while. I mean, even once the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard, everyone knew the writing on the wall for Ertz, unfortunately. Um, it's just hard to keep two tight ends like that under contract at the same time. Um, but it was just this past week that the Bills restructured Stefan Diggs contract. And oddly enough, the amount of money that they save almost parallels Ertz's money that he would make. Uh, That's on his current contract. So, um, man, if Ertz goes to Buffalo, I mean, you guys know Cole Beasley better than I do, but like Beasley and Ertz dominating the middle of the field. You got Diggs going deep. You got Emmanuel Sanders filling everything else in. Then you got Josh Allen um, just slinging it and running guys over. That would be, I think one of the, the best offenses in the NFL. And it, to me, it's yeah. just a no brainer, like whatever it takes for them to get him and it's not much like the Eagles would take like a fifth round pick probably for it. So, it's, it's
0: so contract. then you just it's wonder, fifth, cause sixth. he's a, he's a vested veteran, so he wouldn't be subject to waivers claims. Yeah. Yeah. So he, they may just say, Hey, we're gonna hold off. If we don't get what we want, we'll just waive you. Um, maybe there's a little bit of goodwill there. Maybe he gets to pick where he goes. But I see yeah. that happen with pretty much until you're forced to make the roster cut. Um, teams will probably hold out, try to get any mm-hmm. type of draft capital they can. You know, hold out. And that number goes from fifth, six, literally anything, future seventh,
2: guys, come yeah. on. I I just I just don't like when teams do this kind of stuff to players that are like, yeah, lay so much out for the team. It means so much to the team where it's just like, Like, look at Calvin Johnson and the Lions. Like, Johnson still hates Mm. the Lions um, for how they've treated him. And it's like, this is like one of their best franchise players ever. And it's like, you don't want to have that as a franchise, especially for like incoming players that are looking at a team like, oh, do I want to play for the Eagles? Oh, here's one of their best players ever in Zach Ertz. Let's see what he thinks. And And it's like, you know, my thing with Ertz. at the end of the day, it's like a fifth or a sixth round pick going to make a big difference in my, my mind. My thing with know. Ertz
1: too, Fuchs, ahead, like start. I'm looking at his numbers. He is not that far removed um, from some pretty monster numbers, right? So, um, you know, last year was a tough season, and I think there was a lot going on with their quarterback situation, all of that. But 2019, 88 catches, 916 yards. 2018 was where he had his career year, 116 catches um, and almost 1,200 yeah. yards. It's a, To me, he's not that old. It's not that long ago. And, um, you know, Diggs is your number one pass catcher in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, Ertz, again, kind of dominates the middle of the field. I, I just feel like he's probably got plenty of football left in him, you know? Yeah. Um, So whoever picks them up to only give up like a fifth round pick to me, that's, that's, that's easily, it's a no brainer. Uh, You know, you're not giving up that much for a guy who could be probably a top five tight end in the NFL this
2: year. Yeah. And I've even seen somewhere. It's just like the bills trade some random backup tight end for Ertz, or it's just like almost like a a salary type dump for the Eagles. Um, And it's just like, man, this is, I don't know. I don't know why other teams aren't lining up for Ertz, but they obviously know more than I do. To me, um, the Chargers wanted him, but then they decided, yeah. you know, let's just play it safe and go with Jared Cook because yeah. we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, well,
0: Cause cause it's the whole thing. They like, yeah. why would we? Why would but they give up draft capital if they think Philly just may nip cutting it at the end of the day or releasing him? Yeah, but
2: then it's like you don't want another team jumping in, right? To me, it's just like, what are you going to do? Like having Ertz on your team guaranteed is worth a late round pick from my mind, even if it means, you know, yeah, compared to having to go out there and try to compete. I think what
0: you'll probably see happen, you, this is that time of year where teams are really invested. They want to see what they have in their young players. They want to see how do the draft picks pick it up? How do the free agent sidings pick up? Does an injury happen? So I think with these other players that are still hanging around, your Zach Gertz, your uh, Richard Sherman's, your other players that still have yet to sign, yeah. they could be holding out for an injury. A uh, teams could be holding out to see, hey, we're gonna wait, let's make it, wait to see our offers. Nope, these guys aren't gonna pick up anytime soon. Let's go give it fifth and go get Zach Gertz. Let's yeah. go get our, let's go get some DB health, uh, some some depth there, and get Sherman to the locker room. So that's probably why you're. Getting, seeing that whole phase right now with a lot of teams.
2: Yeah, I've just looked up some of the remaining free agents, and you still have guys like Sheldon Richardson, Mitchell Swartz, Russell Okun, Melvin Ingram, Richard Sherman, K.J. Wright, Justin Hewson, Le'Veon Bell. Um, some of these older guys, Geno Atkins, um, Todd Gurley. Man, talk about guy with injury. Wow. A crazy potential. Man. is
0: he one of the... the- the, the weird players that actually makes the team worse when he's on the field. <laughs> uh, that, that's not a joke. It's funny, but it's not a joke. It is funny. You, you look yeah. at the statistical data, their offense got worse when he was in the game with Atlanta. It,
2: it all depends. I think on, I mean, Gurley is a short yardage guy yeah. in my mind now. And that's it. Right. So you tip um, your hand
0: like, Oh, Gurley's in the game. All right, let's get in the box.
2: Well, if it's third and fourth and one, it's like, what, what are they're going to do, you know, yeah. Um, Might as well give it to Gurley, but uh, yeah, I mean, you got, you still have some late free agents where these guys I'm guessing are going to be playing for suiting up for teams. Um, Yeah. They're just waiting. It's just a matter of
0: like, who's going to, who's going to get desperate for a tackle. Uh, Okun was a tackle, correct? Yeah. Yeah. a tackle. I thought
2: so. So some Morgan Moses, another tackle from Washington. Yeah.
0: These guys are gonna get jobs. Um, I can't help. I can't forget who it was. Um, remember, Chris, a while back, we what Brian Waters Dallas signed like in an in basically training camp. He's pretty mm. much retired, and they signed him to be a plug and play, like is a pre-Ronald Leary era, and they got him to come out of retire bit. He he was fine playing. He just didn't want to do off season work, so he yeah. even signed again the next year. So you may have some of these veteran players who just like, yeah, call me when it's time to play. I don't. I'm not yeah. with, I'm not dealing with all this. And so, yeah. hey, not mad at you about it.
2: Yeah, and uh, you have injuries um, that happen, and you need a guy to fill a role. And so you don't. You have guys in your depth chart, but they're more developmental, and you need a guy to come in and fill the gap. So
0: I mean, reality. What ended my illustrious high school football career was I was doing multiple sports. You know, I'm five eight, five nine on a good day. So, you know, a lot of D one offers. So <laughs> I just got to a point where I'm like, Man, off season sucks. <laughs> I love playing, I love playing games. Off season, two days, spring ball. No. I'm gonna go do other stuff. I don't care enough to do this. So you I mean, reality is for some players. Some people love the job, love football, some people, this is their paycheck. And so if you mm. told me I could yeah. if you most people in America right now, if you told me your job was like, Hey, we're offering optional, um, Saturdays, if you want to come in and just help the you know <laughs> team moving forward, nah, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then you get injured off the field and then your team doesn't pay you. So
1: yeah. It's a crappy way to lose $10 million. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's going to be one of those uh, watershed (laughs) moments in the league. Like that's going to be a contract discussion, which is so weird because they just went through an NFLPA like contract. They just signed like a 10 year contract. I'm like, yeah, this is too early for you guys already being having (laughs) issues with the thing you signed literally two months ago, but yeah, They're working out one way or another. So any, any, bold predictions before we go into the season uh, of dead space between OTAs and training camps. Anything you, you just have a inclination or just a hunch that we're going to hear about in the next couple of weeks?
2: I'm not sure about the next couple of weeks but I feel like Rodgers has to be on the move somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think by the end of the month yeah, there'll be, there'll be a big move, Rodgers or Jones, somebody like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Jones too. I, I don't know if some of those situations can be salvaged at this point where it's just like, yeah, you have them on the field and they're playing, but they, they hate it. It's like, who wants that on your team? Especially when you're the Packers and you have already invested in Jordan Love and you're the Falcons and you have some young guys, Kyle Pitts, and you're trying to rebuild. It's just like, What's the point?
0: Yeah, you're gonna want those guys in before trading cap. Especially if you can help establish culture in the locker room, having you know new rookies coming in, having a new star player coming in. You're gonna to wanna to have those guys in pre-training camp. So we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, here in the next week or so, we can get a little bit of debate on some of these top rankings. Who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and why Dak Prescott deserves to be in the top five? But we'll see how that plays out. Let's see. Already, faces. Already, gonna get. We're gonna get into it. So, for Michael, who's Chris Cortez. I'm John Damon. Thanks, guys, so much for listening to friends and foes football show. Have a good one.